Give me a little. What's going on, Sammy? What's going on, Toronto? Yo, you need to like freestyle that over like. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Toronto. There Tip 2016. There you go. <laughs> it's mean. <laughs> oh, dear. You were doing so good up to that point there. <laughs> and then it just kind of fell off there. Yeah. Yeah, I got to work on that. It's just another, you know, skill I have to work on. You have a lot of skills. Cheers. Though. Cheers. So good to see you. So good to see you. So be, good to be on Girth Radio. There you go. Just hanging out. You got your uh, margarita margarita on tap. Yeah, I've never had a margarita on tap. Mm-hmm. A margarita snob, but this is a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. If we're making the margarita snobs happy, then we're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. How's the Mai Tai? Delicious and nutritious. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Something that color should definitely be nutritious. Yeah, I think so. I think the the more bluer things get, the more like vitamins and stuff, mm-hmm. right? That Definitely. seems logical, doesn't it? Yeah. Like those blue whale candies. Yeah, see? You get it. Yeah. Not many people do and I appreciate you. So, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Should we get this party started? Let's do it. Live from the center of the earth, girth. All right. Yo! Yo. yo! Can I say yo? Yeah, you can say yo. Yo! Yo! A, right. That's a good one, actually. Yo, give me five for your yo. That was a really good one. So, is that kind of like, uh, is that yo coming from the depths of your New York experiences? Yeah, and it also comes from my Canadian heritage, you know? Mm-hmm. I spent uh, a lot of time cultivating that yo in my early teen years. But New York really solidified the, the yo! How, when did you move to New York City? I moved to New York City shortly after I met you in 2011. That's correct, yeah. At South by Southwest. Yeah. I uh, packed my suitcases, I went to South by Southwest, and then I landed in New York City. Wow, okay. Austin and New York City are two different, like, I've been to South by Southwest. Those are two different cities, obviously. Yeah. How long do you hang out in New York City until you feel like a proper, like, New Yorker? Do you ever feel like a proper New Yorker? Can you, can you, like, say, I'm walking here and... <laughs> All the other kind of... I think as soon as you start getting annoyed at the tourists who are like walking very slowly down the street, yeah. you're a true New Yorker. I uh, I have to say, I was quite surprised to move from Vancouver. Yeah. And I thought it would maybe last a few months in New York, miss the mountains and the ocean, get my ass back to New York, back to Vancouver. But uh, I felt pretty comfortable in New York right away. There's people from all over the world. So, you know, you can have any experience you want. Yeah. And there's a lot of amazing people. So it's been five years now. And I don't know when I'm leaving. Oh, <laughs> all right. We're getting dirt already. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I did promise if Trump became president, I might come back to Canada. Yeah, you got that little fail save. You actually do have that fail save. Yes. How, I know this is a slight tangent, but I'm just curious. How is the vibe in New York City? Because, I mean, that's kind of Hillary Clinton kind of, but is it kind of all over the place? or? I know one person who will openly admit to voting for Trump, and he's from Florida. Florida explains so much, doesn't it? Like, very nice person, but... Yeah, Florida. <laughs> Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah, living in New York is kind of like living in a bubble in the States. It's just so multicultural, so diverse. I always liken it to like a casino, right? Because casinos don't have the windows or the clocks or anything, so you lose a sense of time, and you're just, you're just basically gambling or doing the slots or whatever it is. You don't really have any perspective of what's happening yeah. outside yeah. of it, right? So yeah. Yeah, it's like living in a little magical bubble of the earth, of the world. 
You should do like uh, the uh, tourism board or whatever. That was a really good tagline for them. <laughs> the multicultural bubble of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I'll print, I'll print t-shirts. There you go. That's always the way to get stuff out now, isn't it? Yeah. T-shirts. Yeah. I heart New York is done. Yeah. It's been done. It's got to retire now. It's like tiny bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> that works. So you moved to New York City and why did you move to New York City? So I was uh, living in Vancouver. I was touring one woman shows on the Canadian fringe circuit. I you done did four shows, right? I did four shows. Yeah, I'm on the trolley. You are on the trolley. Yeah. Um, I had done those four shows and I wanted to do more film work. Uh, I wanted to expand my horizons. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about moving here to beautiful Toronto, but I have dual citizenship and I've always wanted to live in New York. So I thought I'd give it a try. Why not? Let's do the uh, Toronto LA debate. Okay. Because that's where, especially because you were saying film. Toronto, LA or Toronto, New York? Toronto, LA? Um, let's do New York, LA, actually. Okay, okay. Because that's really the, I mean, Toronto too, in a sense, because we've always been considered Hollywood North. But really, I think. Or Vancouver. Vancouver, oh, yeah. there's a debate. There is a debate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start. Yeah. Now we're going like, to like rumble. So many debates. There yeah. is many debates. Yeah, you know, because Vancouver has been, like, especially they've had a lot of major shows, too. So they're, like, between X-Files and Supernatural and all kinds of stuff. Their mm -hmm. film crews are awesome. Yeah. Like, they're, they've had a lot of skill and a lot of experience and stuff. So they yeah. can deliver. Yeah. But the indigenous films aren't as strong as Toronto, I would say. The Canadian films are stronger here. The independent films are stronger in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, in Vancouver, you're very much servicing L.A. productions. So, but there is a, you know, small but fierce independent film scene in Vancouver. Yeah. Why New York City and not LA then? Let's go back to that debate. So I kind of hate LA. Not completely. I have a love-hate relationship with it. I lived in LA when I was 18 in a horse barn in Calabasas. Um, it was a very interesting, eye-opening experience. Um, but I'm also a theater nerd, so, you know. There is no theater in LA, is there? No. No, everyone's doing theater in L.A. to be seen for television. So New York has equally amazing theater as it does film. Mm -hmm. And it's just an awesome multicultural city. I dig the vibe. How do you visually, because when you're working, writing for theater or working for theater and then visually when you're working for film, how do you, how do you know an image is good for the theater or, verse, or an image is good for film? Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, they're very different mediums, and I've spent the last few years really, like, delving into film, working for the Film Society Lincoln Center, MoMA Film, New York Film Festival, New Directors, New Films, uh, and really immersing myself in the best of world cinema. Uh, you know, something that will take 15 minutes in the theater to set up, visually with music, dancing, projections, you can show in one minute, mm -hmm. one image in yeah. film. So it's just this very different mediums. However, uh, we just shot a feature film, my production company, Trigger Creative. Yo, high five for the feature. Yeah. Uh, but we shot it on a stage in Pennsylvania. And it was really amazing because my business partner comes from a theater background as well. So to see theater shot for film was like a really amazing experience. It's called The Three Metamorphoses. Super stoked. It looks amazing. When does that come out? Uh, we are currently in post-production on it, so probably sometime in seven, 2017 we'll have our premiere. Okay. You have to come back and get another margarita on tap for that one. Yes. So. I would love that. All right. Don't even don't just come for the margarita. Like, even if the film's not ready yet, just come. 
Yeah. A margarita. I will have a margarita on tap with you anytime, Sammy. Oh, this is like a really sweet interview, actually. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> After the rumble, we have to make up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So that was a really painless debate, though. I thought, like, you know. It was. It was a very Canadian debate. It was a very, a. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we apologized. We shook hands and then we went on our way. It's yeah. very nice. No, but I mean, you know what I mean, though? Like, those are the kind of the, especially in the States, like, that's where the money is, basically. And a lot of the production, it's either, mm-hmm. like, New York or L.A. And I agree with you, too. Like, I was just in L.A. again in uh, June. And I always described L.A. as a city that would eat your soul. It's a very hard, and it's like, I find the hustle is just, like, very difficult, and it's very hard to crack. Yeah. Whereas I found in New York City, people are very welcoming and will, like, kind of be more open and kind of help you because they know that it helps them, too. Yeah. Is yeah. That- yeah, totally. Uh, although I do have friends in L.A. who are killing it. Um, and I have thought about it and debated, and maybe I will end up there someday. But maybe I'll leave my heart in New York City. Uh, what I love about New York is the accessibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to battle traffic. Yeah. I was in L.A. for a shoot in June, and I had one meeting in Hollywood. It took us the entire day to get there and get back. Yeah. And I just wasted my whole day in the parking lot freeway. And that, to me, is not living. When I went in June, I went with a friend of mine who's a filmmaker, and it was his first time in L.A. He's like, I got to check it out, right? So yeah. So, filmmaker, and you got to Mecca. Ch- and it, the traffic broke him. Yeah. Because it was just like, we were just doing, uh, I did a couple of interviews while I was there, but we were just mainly just going and just hanging out and whatever. And it was like, let's go to Santa Monica. I'll show you the pier. Like, I'll give him a couple of touristy things. But it would just take us like 45 minutes to an hour to get there. Yeah. And when you put in the GPS, it's like, it's only five miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it like, takes two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And he was just like, five miles, that's no problem. We'll be there in like 15 minutes. I'm like, yo, that's Toronto 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you can set up your life and live and work in the same place predominantly, I think you can have a really great life. There's really wonderful people. There's little artsy pockets. Yeah. But one of my favorite things about New York is sort of walking around the city, going to a new neighborhood and just discovering. And Mm -hmm. I think it would be hard to do that in a city that's not a pedestrian city. And New York has characters. Mm -hmm. Right. So like as a theater nerd, as a film nerd, like you just go out and you see weird people, strange people, cool people like. Yeah. Toronto has a couple, but not enough, like not quite like the level of like New York City where it's like, yo, that's cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see lots of eccentric people, but it is being gentrified more and more and more. And Manhattan's kind of turning into Starbucks and chain restaurants. And there still still are those little eclectic pockets and people there. But it's an expensive city and it's getting more expensive. So that's kind of a sad thing to see everyone kind of gets pushed out further and further into brooklyn and queens Mm -hmm. i live in queens i love it all right queens boulevard yeah queens boulevard yeah (laughs) so you went to new york city for film and then you worked for a couple of like uh really cool organizations kind of break down some of the film stuff that you were doing this is super neat so i've been working for the film society of lincoln center and the museum of modern art uh their film department So I do festival work. It's great as a creative person because I do seasonal work. I work for a few months for them. I get to meet all the amazing filmmakers and then I get to focus on my own work. So I worked on the New York Film Festival um, and New Directors New Films and I was the hospitality manager and managed everything, all the travel, all the filmmakers, entertaining the filmmakers, which was always my favorite part about the job. Yeah. You know, sitting backstage, listening to Paul Thomas Anderson do his on cinema, 
someone tried to beat me up over Martin Scorsese once. Um, oh man, that's a that's a and Brian De Palma. Oh, oh man, <laughs> both time they were men twice my size. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was in like a Brian De Palma film. Yeah, no, but uh, you, you got some leather on. I, I think uh, my money's on you. You're yeah. a tough broad, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Don't mess with don't mess with this chick. Yeah, no, I would never cross <laughs> you. Uh, it's always pleasing. Thank you with you. Um, so that was a really amazing experience uh, and a really amazing um, lesson in film in the best of cinema from around the world. Uh, new Directors, New Films is this really amazing festival that kind of brings the best and brightest and most challenging films from around the world, and I really love that festival. It's much smaller. Um, I've had gotten to have really intimate experiences with the filmmakers and watch their careers grow. Several filmmakers are now here. Mm -hmm. um, You're Anna talking Lily, Yeah, Anna Lily Amapur has her second film, Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. um, Aquarius, which is a Brazilian director, I'm not going to butcher his name on this radio show, um, but his first film, Neighboring Sounds, was incredible. So it's really exciting to see them. Oh, they're at Cannes now. Oh, they're at Toronto. Oh, look, you know, there's Oscar buzz about these people. Um, so that's been a really special experience. When you get to hang out or uh, meet these filmmakers and stuff like that, are they kind of, uh, when they come to a festival like this, are they like, what's the experience like for them? Like, because a lot of people experience like TIFF as a festival goer. Mm -hmm. So they just go and then they kind of just see the film and then they kind of go home or maybe they stay for Q&A and then they go home. Yeah. But when you're a filmmaker, what's, or like somebody in industry, like today, like you're at TIFF and you're in the industry and so you get to go to some of the meetings, maybe some of the parties and things like that. So what's the experience like as somebody who's on the inside, as an industry person, personette? It's pretty great. I really love coming to TIFF because I basically get to catch up with my favorite people in the Canadian film industry, people from New York, and I get to meet new people from LA and from all over that come here. The films are great. I usually don't get to see as many as I'd like to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to catch up with them at New York Film Festival, a lot of them that I want to see. Um, but for me, it's really about reconnecting with people. Um, there are some really fun parties, obviously. There's about three film parties tomorrow I'm going to go to. Uh, you know, and there's always the gamut. That's the great thing about TIFF. It's a huge festival. Yeah. Uh, there's like the little Canadian parties, the small film parties, and there's the big star-studded thing. I always enjoy an intimate experience with people mm -hmm. that I love and respect. Um, CFC throws a great barbecue. Um, but, you know, the film festivals are really about the films, and it's about celebrating the films on a big screen and bringing people from all around the world to see these films and a lot of the films at TIFF you wouldn't be able to see otherwise outside yeah. of it. Is TIFF getting a little too big too? Because I mean like you mentioned like New York Film Festival and Tri like Tribeca is another one where like these are tend to be a little bit more smaller like sizes in terms. Yeah New York Film Festival has a very different feel from TIFF and that's why I love it because it's you know we have four venues it's at Lincoln Center mm -hmm. it's all in one street so you can basically you know go from venue to venue throughout the day and it's yeah. very contained it's very accessible um, we have one VIP lounge that's for the patrons and for the filmmakers uh, TIFF is like yeah, huge it's, it's massive massive yeah. yeah you've got brands um, from what I understand you know it's usually a big market this year a lot of the films are sold already which kind of gives it a different feel you don't have Harvey Weinstein running around mm -hmm. trying you know bidding yeah, on yeah. films uh, but I think it's really amazing thing for Canada to have this and to have the world 
turn their eye on Toronto and have the industry here in Toronto, in Canada, have the brands throwing money at everyone. And Yeah, Netflix has a party and like... Yeah, it's like really intense and really amazing and I think it's really cool. They're just different. You know, you kind of need the big ones and I think there's, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of film. The main slate at New York Film Festival is 30. Mm -hmm. So it's just different identities, you know, and I think they, we need all of those experiences. How, so from your perspective, and I mean, you kind of already alluded to this, like film as a medium is growing, like in terms of the number of filmmakers who are going in and participating, uh, we're getting more stuff now overseas, a lot of foreign filmmakers and things like that. So from your perspective, it's all growing and it's healthy, right? And there's a lot of new talent and a lot of new voices coming in. Yeah, it's also oversaturated to a certain point and it's harder for filmmakers to get their films into the festivals they want to get into but if you have an imagination I mean there are more and more festivals every day around the world so maybe you don't get into Sundance but you can get into a smaller festival in Seattle and that's just as cool and you have to honor that experience just as well uh, I think it's sad that people aren't going to the theater to see films as much but that's just you know the world we live in is that a Netflix thing or is that a like the production of like what being made like people are just kind of like I think it's our attention span you know we can access film on our phone on our iPad we want to watch things we want to have them right away we think that watching something on our phones just as good as watching it in the theater um, but one of my mentors one of the programmers at at MoMA Yuti Jensen who passed away a couple years ago really I'm sorry yeah she was an amazing woman um, I remember her once, I watched a screener of a film at my house and I was distracted and I was, you know, a screener is like the, you just watch a little DVD at your home mm -hmm. and I was on my phone and I was distracted. It was a very slow film and we were going out for dinner with those filmmakers later and she said, you need to watch that film again in the theater and I did and what a different experience because you're not distracted and it's kind of like a meditation mm -hmm. and what a different experience and we don't really want those experiences. People don't have time, they don't want to spend the money, they don't know what's going on, there's so many things, it's hard to keep up on everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when you can, go see something, take a chance, go see the film that's not sold out at TIFF with stars in it, you might be surprised. Yeah. And it's, it's true what you said, because like as media too, I get a number of screeners too, right? And they send you that little link and then you just watch it at home with no pants. And then, but it it's like, especially when it's something like maybe like a comedy or something, like I think it's funny, but I don't know, like there's a communal experience that happens too, yeah. right? Horror is another great example of a genre where like when everybody's in the same room and they're all crapping their pants. Yeah. It's a great vibe in the cinema. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows what it's going to evolve into? Like, virtual reality, maybe the next thing. Maybe we're all going to be sitting in a room in a virtual reality experience. Mm -hmm. Things evolve and some things, you know, leave our experience and some things we continue to do. I think, I would like to think that there will always be theaters, but who knows? I mean, look at the theater theater, the live theater. That's been around for 100 years. Maybe a lot of people don't go to it. Yeah. But there's still the Shaw Festival and... Fringe festivals. Fringe and festivals and off-off-Broadway and Broadway. Maybe that's the way it goes for every medium now. Everything's just always dying. Yeah. Like, that's how it just gets branded. But it's yeah. not... I mean, opera, like, we have the Four Seasons, right? Over on uh, Queen and University. Big, huge venue. And somebody's going there because it's like they got to sell tickets and things like that, right? Yeah. Well, working at Lincoln Center, you know, you've got the Met, the Philharmonic, uh... And there are a lot of gray hairs, you know. There are a lot of gray hairs. There are, yeah. Yeah. 
when you get into these film festivals and stuff like that, and you start uh, working and stuff like that, you mentioned like you got to experience and get to meet some of these filmmakers and things like that. How does that necessarily translate into you becoming a better filmmaker or a better creative person? My favorite thing is sitting backstage and listening to the Q&As. So I've heard from Wes Anderson, Martin Scorsese, Abbas Kiristami, the Dardine brothers, you know, the best in world cinema, hear them talk about their films and filmmaking. And to me, I had a back seat or a front seat. Mm -hmm. It's kind of maybe sneaking in the back. Yes. But I've heard all of these <laughs> these talks, and it's a really amazing thing to just, you know, for 17 days, which is the New York Film Festival, mm -hmm. um, be sitting backstage and listening to all these filmmakers talk about their work, their influences. It's a really amazing education to do that. And, you know, you ha not many people get that experience. Is it intimidating when you go to something like... Uh, New York and you want to do film because that they have such a huge legacy right of like film and cinema and the filmmakers that have come out of there like it's massive we have one in Toronto obviously but nothing like that level of like like just Scorsese alone yeah like you can retire on that one that was like a huge like thanks you did good guy <laughs> <laughs> like is it intimidating to join something that kind of you know what people mainly are really nice and kind like Spielberg is the nicest guy I mean he knows what he wants mm -hmm. but he's a really kind wonderful person you get the prima donnas and you get the you know but I think on the most part it's really amazing to realize that people are people and in New York I've found that people are quite open so it's it's pretty amazing to have that close access you still have to do your work and do it well and work hard but it's amazing to see people of that ilk kind of mm -hmm. being open to others are they do you find that they're still kind of curious and they're kind of still learning i know it's a general question and like i think it really depends there's you know the the filmmakers that i've seen come from many different backgrounds and mm -hmm. uh i think as an artist you kind of need to stay open yeah and be curious I alluded to like Netflix and stuff like that. Does all the different platforms we have now to kind of open up the scene a little bit? Like, like you you just worked on a feature right now, you said, right? And mm -hmm. like, does knowing you have these platforms now, which you didn't have just even like five years ago, ten years ago? Well, I think it's unfortunate in a way because uh, Netflix ten years ago, seven years ago, uh, had a lot of small independent films and foreign when films. When it was the DVDs, right? When it was the DVDs, yeah. and then you could also stream stuff. They had like a really eclectic um, programming on it, and mm -hmm. now it's they're focused and they're putting so much money into their own original content, which a lot of it's great, some of it's not so good, uh, that they don't spend as much money acquiring films. So it's kind of difficult and it's more competition more than mm -hmm. anything. And I know some, I have some friends working on some different platforms for strictly independent films and foreign films and things that you wouldn't be able to access so easily. Uh, I think we need more of that. What a, where's the media play into this? Because the other thing too is like with having those like um, kind of overseas or those foreign films and stuff, you need people that know that stuff, right? A lot of people, we'd... A lot of our media here is based on like uh, the Kristen Stewart film or like very North American kind of uh, productions. Yeah. But 
people don't know a lot of Danish directors or Brazilian directors and things like that. And there's all kinds of stuff that's coming out from overseas that's like amazing. Yeah. Well, there. I mean, there are some really good resources. Like IndieWire is an amazing resource for. Uh, like they go to all the festivals. They review everything. Um, you know what I find really amazing is the Fandango experience and the Rotten Tomatoes experience because you can kind of without. Um, doing too much reading, aggregate what critics say, what people say. And so I think that's a really great thing is you look at, oh, what's going on in the theater? This Danish film, I don't know. It's 49% or it's, you know, it's not always accurate. Yeah. But if something has 90%, it's a foreign film, give it a chance. Yeah. People like it. That's fair. Yeah. So you just finished, you said the feature film was done. It's done. So you made the move after you were hanging out in all these different festivals and things like that to trigger. Yes. Why did you make that move then? Um, You know, I've always been a creator and that's always been what I wanted to do. And I felt like I had kind of ran my course with festival work. Uh, I did it when I was in Vancouver. It's a great subsistence job. Um, I learned a lot at New York Film Festival, but it's very labor intensive. And it takes up a lot of time and energy. And it's hard to continue working on creative projects when you're working 24-7 at a film festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend who has a production company, Trigger Creative. And I worked on a bunch of projects with him. And finally, he approached me to produce his feature that shot right after New York Film Festival. Um, his producing partner found her dream job uh, working for an LGBT rights community or um advocating company and uh he asked me to take over for her and i've been doing it ever since so it's been pretty awesome for all the different hats you wear in film well how did you enjoy the producer hat or do you have a favorite hat <sighs> that is a good question um you look good in hats generally so I think yeah i like hats yeah I like, I like a lot of different hats i do and i i find that for me personally, I enjoy being able to wear all those different hats because sometimes it's just nice to keep everything organized and make stuff happen, which is the producer. And sometimes I just enjoy writing and being creative in that way. Mm-hmm. And I still act. So um, for me, I've always enjoyed creating things. And you kind of have to wear all those hats in order to make that happen if you want to create your own work. How did you get started in terms of like acting and like writing? When did you know you could do all this stuff? Uh, I did a production of Fiddler on the Roof when I was in uh, grade school. Um, Nice. And uh, I got into, you know, I was like kind of a theater nerd in high school. And I... Clearly one of the cool kids, eh? Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Yeah. Um, But I remember uh, in my high school, we had two drama classes and one of them was doing a full production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest at the th- local theater and our class didn't get anything it was a very strange thing so i got my class together and we wrote a play look at you it was like my theater version of pulp fiction yeah uh i found part of the script um a couple years ago it's quite funny yeah um but you know i really liked making things happen and then i decided i wanted to study acting and I went to Dalhousie University, and when I was there, I wasn't so interested in Shakespeare. I was interested in writing my own stuff. Uh, my sister suggested after I uh, graduated to go to the Edinburgh Festival. So I went and spent the summer there, and they have a huge fringe festival. Yeah, it's well known. Yeah, 
like 2,000 shows. Mm -hmm. And I begged, borrowed, and stole my way into about 100 shows that summer. And I was inspired to write my first one-woman show. So that's kind of how it started. Why why did you keep going with, like, one-woman shows? Or, like, when did you, like... Is that easier in a sense to just have the one individual? Because you're also still like like bye uh, bye bye Bombay, right? Like you had visuals, you had dancing, you had all kinds of stuff going on. So it's still a lot for like one woman or one person. Yeah. <laughs> Is that kind of just like how it naturally kind of gravitated for you, or you kind of like the ensemble and like working with other actors and stuff like that? Uh, I really love collaborating. I always have, but I moved from Halifax to Vancouver and I didn't know anybody, and I wanted to create a show, so I kind of had to do it by myself, and... Process elimination. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I really did it, my first one-woman show by myself, which is a terrible idea. Always get a director. <laughs> I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Um, I survived. This is literally a one-woman <laughs> show. Yeah, not Just recommended. Me. Yeah. But I survived it, and then I had such a good experience, or... You know, not such terrible experience. I mean, the, the reviews were okay. That I found a proper director. I developed the show over the next year and I toured it. Uh, and then I met a community through that. So I had my community of touring artists. And, you know, having one person traveling with one person is much more affordable as an independent theater artist than traveling with a big cast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. 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 But now I really, uh, I, I enjoy collaborating. I do. Um, sometimes it can be challenging. But uh, there's something really amazing when you kind of say, well, what can I do on my own? And for me, I like to add a lot of spice, including visuals, mm -hmm. dancing, puppets. Yeah. Explain the, uh, the, the Bombay one-woman play, because this is an interesting story, because it's half true, half lies, right? It is. It is. And it's interesting what people decide is truth and what people decide is not. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to travel and I had a very good friend who I'm actually staying with here in Toronto who is living in India. Um, she was working in the fashion industry and her emails were so interesting. I thought this is a one woman show. So I went to visit her in India. I ended up going back two more times, spending a year in India and working in Bollywood. Mm hmm. Uh, so it is an interesting mix of fact and fiction. And what I've found very interesting is that sometimes people think the stuff that's true is not true because that's the stuff that's stranger than fiction. Right. Yeah. Well, I also find it funny that they still like do when you see certain films or whatever, it's like based on a true story or whatever. I'm like, Hollywood sometimes can't even get science right. So <laughs> based on a true story, it's kind of like you don't really need to put it in there. Like, yeah, you can just like we can just roll with it. Yeah. Although I was surprised when Apollo 13 came out, people were generally interested to know if they got the astronauts down. I'm like, there isn't astronauts like skeletons just floating around the Earth. That would be like weird. Like, because I was in the 60s or whatever. So did they get the astronaut skeleton uh, I'm down? not going to tell you if you didn't see the movie. Oh. It's a good movie though. I have seen the movie. I yeah. don't, just don't remember it. Oh yeah, no, they that got them out. That was a long time ago. Yeah, they, they, they got them out. They were okay. Tom Hanks got them out. Oh yeah, they didn't die. No. You can't die with Tom Hanks on the clock. It's true. <laughs> if you're going to go head down. Spoiler with alert for Sully, everybody. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's going to get them he out too. The yeah. Blame. Although he's got the mustache in this one. Yeah. So that's going to be. serious with his mustache. Yeah. He told me I look great in my dress once. What? You? Twilight. Give me five. It was my bridesmaid dress from my sister's wedding. Recycle, people. Recycle. All right. That works. But yeah, you're getting comp compliments from Tom Hanks. So that's. You're working something. That's like good. Like. <laughs> So, that's another nice dude too, right? That's what everybody says. For real. 
He is a super nice dude. Totally genuine. We did uh, the world premiere of Captain Phillips. So we had the Somali pirates and everything. See? Tom Hanks gets into trouble. Mm -hmm. But then... That's another spoiler Has for Has he ever been killed in a movie? Philadelphia. But he just dies of AIDS. Well, and then this is kind of like an asterisk death. What about when he was big? Because he went back to a boy at the end, so Tom Hanks technically was gone from the film, but he technically grows up to become Tom Hanks. Such a good movie. It was a good movie. And F.A.O. Schwartz is no longer there. I know, that was sad. But I did see the piano when I lived there. Did you do the little chopsticks or the... I, I didn't do chopsticks. Okay. But I did jump on them. Yeah. Could you do, you do some singing and things like that. Could you do a little ditty or tune on the piano? Um, I can do chopsticks. Yeah. I can do chopsticks. All right. What is there now that F.A. Schwartz is gone? I don't even know. I don't really hang out in that area. Okay. I will let, I will report back to you next time I'm up there. Okay. Just go and then hang out and come back. I wanted to get... I brought up the the one-woman play for Bombay because this was another, like, film scene where you were just kind of, like, hanging out in. From our perspective, again, just, like, seeing the films and the outfits, those crazy outfits, the crazy dancing, and, like, the dancing sometimes just comes out of left field, too. There was, I can't remember which one. There was one where the, the cop was chasing like a bad guy, and then they all stopped to like dance in the middle. So it was like a, like a Michael Jackson video or something. I'm like, the guy's right there, just arrest him. Like, anyways. So what is it like working in a film industry like that? Um. Oh, it is like being in Hollywood, adding a billion people, and throwing a bunch of curry and chutney and on it I mean it is a wild experience um, that sounds like a good party though they have really good parties there I have to say mm-hmm. um, living in Bombay were some of the highest highs and lowest lows of my life um, I worked on a, a wide range of projects when I was in Bombay my legs were in a 7-up commercial nice um, I auditioned for the Bollywood version of Aladdin which was uh, my character was a flamethrowing belly dancer in a mask. Didn't get that one, unfortunately. Oh, that would have been an awesome IMDb credit. That would have been. That would have been. Flamethrower um, number one. My favorite experience was I guest starred on a um, show called Fear Koi Hei, which is uh, like a horror show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we um, they took us out to a castle in the middle of the desert, and we shot in the castle for a week, and it was like. Brad and Angelina had jo- showed up. Like we were rock stars in that nice little tiny town. I swear I caused um, an accident because mm-hmm. somebody was looking at me and crashed their rickshaw into a. They might have recognized your legs from the Seven Up commercial, maybe, though. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but that was a pretty cool experience. We were staying in this castle. It was haunted. Um, Did you see something? Well, maybe uh, a little bit. Oh. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> My and and uh, in that one, I got my head chopped off. Oh, nice! Yeah. Were you like a blood splurter or just like a little dribbler? Uh, I think it was more like a little dribble. Okay. It's pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Pretty clean for the sword. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd do it. Yeah, it yeah. Was an angry yeah. ghost on a sword who chopped my head off. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I was yeah. the first casualty. I was the foreigner, so you know, I'm yeah. the first one to go. <laughs> That's terrible, man. <laughs> but that was a pretty awesome experience. I've never, I haven't done any horror film. Like, I've done some acting, whatever. It would have been nice to die in a horror film. I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But I didn't do any dancing. I'm not really a very good dancer. Um, they bring a lot of Russian girls over to be in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, you have to see a Bollywood film 
in a theater in India if you have not. It is an experience. I've never been to India, so I got to do all yeah. of what you just said. Yeah, yeah, it is like really intense. I mean, it is like everyone gets up and cheers when all the stars come on. They throw popcorn. They get totally into it. They're so extreme, the films. My body was buzzing by the time I left the theater. It's funny because we were just talking about like the film experience here, and we don't have an experience like that. Where, like you said, like it's an event for them, almost like a concert, the way you're kind of describing it. Yeah. Well, it you know, life is hard. So if you're a rickshaw driver, life can be very hard. And the movies are very beautiful. And everyone's beautiful. And they're shot in these beautiful locations. And the music's loud. And the people are beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything's very glamorous. So it's an escape. It's escapism. Out of all these different, like, places that you've been to, you're all over the place. Like... You're happy in your, over the place. you are all over the place, but you are happy in New York City. But if you had the choice or the option, where else would you go or what is left that you want to check out or like spend? Because you also seem to like linger when you go there. You don't just do like a little backpack thing or whatever. Like you said, you were in India for about a year. Yeah, I enjoy getting to know a place mm-hmm. and what it's like to live there and what the people are like and what your life is like there. I think it's a really beautiful experience. And, you know, you come to realize we're just people and the experiences are so similar, but flavored differently we are a lot alike i think it's just that we tend to focus on the differences mm-hmm. right? yeah yeah different religion different beliefs different kind of food different colored clothes but uh, it's also nice to be part of a gang too like that's the whole point of us versus them yeah right because then it's like that's my gang right oh, but it's so much cooler to be like everyone's so interesting and we're all friends no i agree with you but i <laughs> also know just yeah <laughs> love love <laughs> i know we should like hold hands after we're done <laughs> we're holding hands right now okay it's there radio. we go you can't see there you go so <laughs> but yeah i mean like because we see that a little bit with all, the way things go break down online like you mentioned trump right off the top and like there is kind of a mentality of like us versus them like we're team trump and we're team hillary or something like people like it's getting nasty it is getting nasty i really don't like it but this is what i love about new york you know this is why i've stayed in new york for so long is you it queens is the most multicultural place on the planet Mm -hmm. and that's a really beautiful thing and living somewhere with people from all around the world living harmoniously is a pretty beautiful thing. You can have any experience you want. You go to Jackson Heights, you have Indian food. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the best Palestinian place. Like, it's a really awesome place for that. You realize it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't answer. Where would you go then? Where's next if you had... Uh, I'll even, like, give you some from the girth budget so money's no object. You can go anywhere you Ooh. want. Yeah. Anywhere. Okay, well... This is just indulgent, but I do want to go to, like, Fiji, Bora Bora. I love beaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go to South America. I have not been down there. I haven't been there either. Okay. Once you wrap up TIFF, we'll head in the car and... Let's do it. Yeah. It's on. It's on. Uh, well, that's what I said to myself last time I left Last time I left India. I was like, I need to go other places. Um, so, South America was the first, is the first one. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Africa. All over Africa. Um, I've just done Kenya. Yeah. But yeah, I got to do the safari and like, but it's classic third world like country kind of style. So like you're in a jeep where there's like no doors and no windows. Yeah. And then then the driver the, the it was a bunch of li- herd of lions or what I don't know my animals, but a bunch of lions had just killed an impala and the, the impala was still like <gasps> moving and they were like oh. tearing into it. And then the driver's like, let's go get a closer look. And oh. he drives up close oh. right up to the lions. I'm like, 
Yo, we don't have any doors on this Jeep. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure that happened with the Impala. Yeah. But like, yeah, what if I fell out? Yeah, can and we just like, move a little bit? Like, yeah. I appreciate the experience. Wow, that's a really intense safari experience. It was. And it was super cool, too. I got to see a cheetah run. <laughs> that's what they do, Sammy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I've never seen one run before in real life. Just bam, took off. That's amazing. Yeah, super neat. So, and then uh, the rest of it was just kind of like, uh, here's some giraffes, and they just kind of just stood there. They didn't like, I'm like, come on, man. The lions were like mashing up stuff, the cheetah running. <laughs> like, you got to give me something. They from eat. That's what they do. Yeah, giraffes. I know. But I'm like, I'm just like, like, I'm tall. Nobody can eat us. Yeah, I'm like this Nobody North American. This I'm like, yo, do something. Dance, monkey. Dance. Yeah. There was uh, actually one, it was a crazy scene where um, my sister was uh, outside and she was just kind of under a tree or whatever and she was having a couple of cookies and this monkey reached down. Just all you see is a little brown hand. Monkey took the cookies? Monkey took the cookie right out of her hand. Oh, monkey? Right out of her hand? Yeah. That is a bold monkey. That's a rude monkey and now I think about it. Like, yo, don't be taking somebody's cookies, man. Yeah. Didn't appreciate that. That's before. kind of intense. Yeah, she was all so mad or whatever. She's like, Sammy, the monkey. I'm like, I'm not going to do nothing to him. I don't yeah. know. Monkeys like monkeys are cheeky. Yeah, they are cheeky. Yeah, it's very well done. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah. So I guess Africa is on the list. Then that would be the next. Yeah. Anywhere specific that's really big. Uh, I would like to go to South Africa. Um, I feel like maybe I would go in some cages with some white sharks, some great white sharks. Crazy. Feeling crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you might be on your own. I'll just sit on Cape the Cape Town. Yeah, I might just sit on the boat for that one. <laughs> I'll just let you like do the cage or whatever. Brazil I would love to go to. Yeah, that's a good place. Yeah. There's some really great uh, Brazilian filmmakers in Recife where mm -hmm. um, some filmmakers live I would love to go to. Uh, Wasn't that City of God too? Where was uh Was that Rio? Or was it Rio? Recife? I'm trying to remember where it was. That was an awesome film though. I think that was Rio. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, but Brazil's up there. Maybe after all the hoo-ha and the Olympics or yeah, kind of and World Cups and all that silliness is done. Yeah, all right. You work Nicaragua. Oh my goodness, you like the danger too, eh? <laughs> Sometimes. I'll go with you a little bit into Nicaragua, <laughs> but if there's like Nicaragua's not bad. Yeah, I don't because like when I was again going back to Kenya, like when I was in Nairobi, like. You'd be going places like the Sheridan Hotel was behind like barbed wire. And usually when you're in a third world country and you see barbed wire, that's like, you know, the place ain't safe. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing guards with machine guns outside the Levi's store in India. See, that was a little intense. Yeah. Because that stuff messes you up because it's just like, leave. I just want to buy some 501s and go I, home. I actually don't want to buy any 501s. <laughs> Why yeah. do you have machine guns? Yeah. This is ridiculous. Are they really worth somebody's life? I don't think so. No. <laughs> But that's the thing. When you leave, you get to see all these like crazy like juxtapositions and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I literally, when I was living in Bombay, saw a Hindu saint and then went to a party with Bollywood stars. That's a good day. Yeah. It is. A, that was a very good day. But mm -hmm. the thing about India is you can never get away from the poverty. So I feel like it's more honest than places where we push it out yeah. and clean up the city. It's like, no, this is it. This is where we live. And... You know, it's in your face and you either learn to block it out or you learn to try to do something about it. Is it hard in the same sense for like when you're in New York City? Because America obviously doesn't have all the safety nets and things like that for some of the mental illness and things like that. New York 
isn't as bad as San Francisco. Ah, San Francisco is <laughs> horrible now. Yeah, and how much money is there? Why is there no one doing anything? Why is there homeless people with mental illness all over the streets? Yeah. Uh, Venice, LA, like those, that's where it's bad. New York, um, it's gotten worse since de Blasio's been in power uh, and rent is just so expensive, mm -hmm. but you don't see it the way you do in San Francisco. I mean, that's a whole other. Another topic, yeah. Mm -hmm. After now that this film is done, are you gonna kind of keep working uh, as like a playwright? Are you gonna keep working as a filmmaker? Are you gonna like write a novel? I'm what do you do it all? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm working on a few projects. Actually, two of my one-woman shows. Bye Bye Bombay. I have a screenplay. It needs work. Um, that's kind of a longer-term project. But I have my first play. Uh, I'm working on a screenplay. It's about tree planting. Which is a very Canadian mm -hmm. thing, experience. Uh, so I would really love to make that into a film. Uh, I have a couple shorts I'm writing, uh, and I'm working on a couple theater things. I feel like I need to make some more film before I go back to theater. But the beauty of being creative is you can do it all. Are you getting more and more comfortable with film now that you kind of said it like that? Like you get more comfortable with the medium and yeah, yeah, and. Um, at our production company, we do a wide range of things. We do a lot of fitness videos, we do real estate videos, we do educational videos. Um, so it's been a really great training ground for me. Uh, I think my next big uh, thing to do is try to direct. So I'm working on a few little short pieces that mm -hmm. I want to direct. Are you nervous? Is uh, nervous the right word? You know, it's all learning experimentation and i think as soon as you realize it's not going to be perfect mm -hmm. it's never going to be perfect and it's all a learning experience you learn to have fun more mm -hmm. do you get frustrated like you mentioned even like your one woman your first one woman show you directed it yourself and that may have not been the best life decision not the best life decision sammy not, not the best life decision like do you get dejected or do you get like does it get frustrating when you have these setbacks or these little bumps i guess like because it's part of the creative process but some people get back up quickly others kind of like when they get they're not rejected from a publisher or something they kind of like they get down for a while well i've been an actor for long enough i've had enough rejection to understand that it's part of the process mm -hmm. and i've had enough success to know that you will have your success and you will have your failures and you have to learn from the failures and I mean if everything was rosy every day it wouldn't be life right that's true is it difficult then as a woman when you're doing the auditions and stuff like that where a lot of um, I don't know how to politely put it but I guess what I'm getting at is like how much of a factor is beauty into all those decisions um, because you're obviously talented and then you're pretty so Oh, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, sorry. That was a nice little... <laughs> but I'm you, blushing. Yeah. Um, but you get what I'm asking, though, right? Because it, I'm always curious, because, like... But that's why, I, I mean, look, it's a lot of auditioning is how you look. And whether it's pretty or not, or whether it's ugly or tall or fat or slim or brown or white or whatever, mm -hmm. they're looking for very specific things, and a lot of it is out of your control, uh, which is why I prefer to make stuff and put my energy into being creative than someone else telling me I'm good enough. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that makes more sense to me. Yeah, because then you you don't you hear no less, right? When you're like, especially when you're doing a one woman show, like you said, you just went off and did it on yourself. You're like, can I do this? Sure. And then and you know, 
I am very fortunate because I could have had critics tearing me down, but for the most part, they were really kind. Mm-hmm. You get those bad reviews. You always get bad reviews, and when you're producing your own show, you have to read bad reviews. Uh, you do read the reviews, eh? Well, I have to because I was my own publicist. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These following people said it was terrible. Yeah, but I think that it's also just helped me realize that you're never going to please everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's been a really interesting thing. I work with, I've worked with some of the top programmers and, you know, um, film critics, and I don't always agree with their opinion. My taste is different than their taste. I have different experiences. I have, you know, not everyone likes reggae, but I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're in the right place then. Welcome to Pavura Junction Hotel Bar. <laughs> So then in terms of how do you then measure success then? How do you know when a one-woman play is successful or this new film is like when it comes out? How are you measuring success then? Because every artist, every creative person is different in how they measure success. Uh, I've been really grateful when I'm able to make a living off of what I do and make it, you know, when people are coming. And I have done shows for two people in the audience and I've done shows for 350 people in the audience. Um, But I think when you have enough people telling you that you like they like your work and it affects them and you're feeling good and you're feeling inspired and you're loving what you're doing every day there were so many times where I was standing backstage about to do my one woman show and uh, I just felt so grateful that I was there and I was about to do it and I think that's success that is a nice feeling because it's like it's again feeding what you just said like because you chose to take the step forward rather than getting permission from somebody or trying to do whatever you're like i'm just gonna do this and it's like the fact that you get to do this the fact that i get to do this here is like it's so amazing yeah and it's like we get to have fun and you get to get margarita on tap and then just on tap guys seriously (laughs) and just like hang out with filmmakers and writers and stuff and i'm like that's so cool yeah yeah and you know even now with trigger we've got this great little office in greenpoint which is a very hip part of brooklyn um, in this artist, it's called Northside Creative. There's all these artists in there. I go to work with my dog. We've got this vision board. You know, I sit down, and sometimes this work I don't want to do so much, but I'm always so grateful to be there. Mm-hmm. I love the people I work with. I love what we're doing. And that, to me, is success. It's a nice way to end it. What's, what's the name of the dog? Gabby. Gabby. She's a rescue dog. Guys, get a full-grown rescue dog. They're the bomb. Okay. Where can people find you online on the internet? Um, you can go to carryyates.com uh, or trigger, triggercr.com. We're currently rebranding, so check us out. We're relaunching in October. Okay. And Three Metamorphoses? And we have a short film called Cabin. Okay. Well. And Three Metamorphoses opens in so hopefully sometime in 2017, I guess. It'll yep. probably do the festival circuit, right? Yeah. Yep. Keep an eye out. Okay. Although yes. it might change the title. Okay, we're getting all kinds of dirt, yeah. We'll have to have you come back when uh, when that's out, like I said, and you can get the margarita on tap. But we covered, like, film and India. Trump. Yeah, Trump. We even got Trump in there, too. Like, so that's good. That'll give me some rooting, ratings. Ba- like, um, we even covered uh, your head getting chopped off. Yeah, like, that happened. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. That's awesome. Give me five. Yay! Let's so get some tacos or something now. Yes, let's do it.